Good morning. Well, this morning I am uh, I'm excited because today we kick off a, a new sermon series entitled 40 Days in the Word. If you've been with us the past few weeks, you've heard us talking about it. And today is the day that we, we begin it together as a church family. It's entitled 40 Days in the Word, and, and you're probably thinking, well, hopefully every sermon series and every sermon is, is, is in, centered in, and from God's Word. And, and that's our hope and desire, too. After all, we're called to be people of the Word. We are to know God's Word, read it, study it, share it, and we are to apply it. But the goal of this sermon series uh, is that, but also it's a little bit more in that each sermon and each topic will be a topic about God's Word. Let me explain. Today we're kicking it off with sort of a foundational message, how to build your life on God's Word. But then in the following six weeks after that, we'll be looking at different aspects of the Bible. The first thing we'll look at is the inspiration of the Bible. Can I trust the Bible? How do I know that it's true? And then I can build my life on it. Inspiration. The next week, we'll look at the foundation of the Bible. What is the, what is the purpose of the Scripture? What is the foundation of the Scripture? What's the big picture, the overarching themes of the Word of God? There are 66 books and letters in one book, so it's really sort of a, a compendium, a, a compilation, but they all point to the same basic theme. The next week after that, we'll look at the illumination of the Bible. Uh, in other words, how does God illuminate my mind so that I can see what God wants me to see when I read His Word? You know, sometimes we can read a passage or a story in Scripture and we read it over and over and it doesn't seem to really hit us. But then one day we read it and we go, and it goes boom. And, and, and we say, I've never seen that before. Well, what happened? God's Spirit just illuminated your mind. So we'll talk on that Sunday about how God's Spirit does that and, and helps us to see what God wants us to see in His Word about Himself, about ourselves, about others about our world the week after that we'll look at interpretation a very important week and and that in a sense is is how do we know what these verses mean a lot of times you'll hear people say well that's just your interpretation as if everybody can have their own particular interpretation of a verse but actually there are correct ways to interpret the bible and there are incorrect ways when you correct when you interpret it correctly you get what god says when you interpret it incorrectly you're led into error, and in some extreme cases, you can end up falling away into a cult. Week five, we'll look at the integration of the Bible. How do I get the Bible into every area of my life? How do I use the Bible at work, in my home, at my school, in my finances, in my relationships? How do I integrate God's Word into my life? And then finally, we'll conclude with the application of, of the Bible. How do we use God's Word in specific ways, in specific situations? To make good decisions, to overcome temptation, to offer counsel or advice, to find comfort or peace or truth about our salvation, about God, about ourselves, about others. Along with the sermon series, you have heard, hopefully, that our small groups are being offered a curriculum that will parallel and, and complement the sermon series. They'll go in more in-depth in material about these six topics, inspiration, application, interpretation, and so on and so forth. And then also in Sunday mornings in your worship guides, you'll notice that uh, this is the first week we'll have little Bible verses, short verses about God's Word that hopefully you'll have a chance to memorize, very short ones, 
And each week we'll memorize one of these verses. So by the end, you'll have six verses about God's word. Before we jump in today on the the foundational message, uh, how to build your life on God's word, let's let's, uh, begin with prayer. Father, we come before you today and we thank you for this morning. And we thank you for your word. Uh, We thank you, Father, that your word promises us that it will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent, that it will not return to you void. And so, Father, today we stand on that promise. We just ask that your word would have have its way in our lives today, that your Holy Spirit would fall upon us and in us and, and, and bring your word to bear, that more and more we might reflect the values, priorities, attitudes, and actions of your Son, Jesus the Christ, through whom we pray. Amen. Now, Jesus ended the the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon ever preached, by telling a story. It's one that we've heard uh, a, a thousand times if you grew up in the church, and even if you didn't, you've probably heard it somewhere. He says there are two guys who who go out and they both decide to build homes. But they build on different foundations. One guy goes out and builds his house on solid rock. Another guy goes out and builds his house on sand. And then a storm comes. The trials and tribulations of life. A tsunami hits these houses. The winds come. The the rains come down. the, The floods rise up. The house is buffeted by wind. The house in the sand collapses, but the house on the rock stands firm. After telling this, this, uh, using this illustration in his sermon, Jesus says in Matthew 7, 24, everyone who hears these words of mine, in other words, the word of God, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. If you're new to our church, you've probably noticed that just to the north, north of this building, um, we're expanding. There's a construction site. And from a distance, that may not look like much. You see um, some equipment, some piles of dirt. You see a porta potty. Uh, you see construction keep-out tape all around the area. But even though it doesn't look like there's a whole lot going on for the last uh, several weeks, something very important is happening. The foundation is being put in. Ground is being leveled, foundations dug, forms put in, uh, concrete poured, rebar installed. They're putting in the foundation. You know, God wants to build something in our lives. He wants to expand our, our lives, our, our, our worldview, our, our priorities, our values. He wants to add on. He wants to transform and shape and, and build something in our lives. And the primary tool that God uses, along with His Spirit, is, is His Word. God uses a level. He levels, He uses the Word as like a, like a level. It levels out the rough spots, smooths things over, prepares us for what He wants to do and build in our lives. God's Word acts like rebar in a sense, strengthens from within, provides structure, God's Word acts like concrete blocks and building blocks, truth and principles and promises and commands and warnings. And God's Word is like mortar that that holds us together, holds our lives together, cements it all together, makes it firm and strong. 
God wants to build something in our lives using his, his word. You know, about 20 years ago, straight line winds of over 100 miles an hour hit my, my parents' farm about ni- oh, 75 miles or so uh, north of here. And a 90-foot tall by 30-foot diameter harvest store silo, you know, the big blue ones, designed to withstand almost anything, was torn off its foundation. And when the winds were done with it, what looked so strong and, and, and firm was twisted and smashed like a pop can under your feet. Why? Well, in the aftermath of the storm, uh, we discovered the company hired to construct it had taken shortcuts and had created a flaw in its foundation. We've got to do the foundation right. We can't rush it. We, we can't take shortcuts. And Jesus tells us in this parable of the, the two houses built on rock and sand, you've got to build. It's essential that we build on the right foundation. You've got to do the foundation right. Because if we don't, even no matter how beautiful the building of our life might look, now how wonderful it may look from the outside, no matter how well it functions at times, at some point we'll pay the price upon, uh, uh, building on a wrong foundation. Build your life on something solid, Jesus urges us. Build it on God's Word, but, but how do we do that? How do we build our life on the Bible so that we're building on solid rock, so that when the storms and, and travails and difficulties of life come our way, and they will at some point, how do we do so in such a way that our, our life will stand firm and strong? You know, we have no way of predicting what's going to happen in the next couple years in our lives, in our church, in our community, in our country, in our world. But I guarantee you this. We will have storms in our lives. Emotional, health storms, financial storms, relational storms. And if we're not built on the solid rock, on the foundation of something that does not shift, we're going to have problems. We'll develop cracks. We may even crumble. You see, we can't build our lives on the, on the foundation of the opinions of others. And we can't build our lives on popular opinion or on pop culture. We are to build it on unchanging, timeless truth from God. If you have a Bible with you, I'm going to encourage you to turn in your Bibles to James chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, there's Bibles in uh, in the chairs in front of you. Every other chair, you can grab a Bible and follow along. James chapter 1, which is in the New Testament, almost all the way to the end, right uh, right after Hebrews. James chapter 1. This is the first passage we'll look at briefly. We're also going to be looking at Psalm 119. We'll start at verse 19. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word but and so, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who, looks, who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. For the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, talking about the Bible here, and continues to do so, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. 
to build our lives on God's word, we are to be not only hearers, not just to listen, but to be doers of God's word. Somebody once asked this question of G.K. Chesterton, who was a, a famous Christian writer in the early part of the 20th century. And the question was, if you were marooned on a desert island and could have only a single book with you, what would you choose? Now you're probably thinking, given his reputation, one would naturally expect his response to be the Bible, right? It wasn't. What did he choose? Thomas's Guide to Practical Shipbuilding. <laughs> makes sense. When we're trapped on an island, we want a book that's going to help get us home, that's going to help us get out of the circumstances, the book that will save us. Now, what if Chesterton had been asked this question? What one book has changed your life more than any other? If he had been asked that question, I'm, I'm sure he would have answered the Bible. You know, the truth is that we are trapped, marooned, if you will, in patterns of thought and behavior that leave us isolated and frustrated. We hunger for change in our lives. We want to see our circumstances change. We want to see breakthroughs in our problem areas. Perhaps you're sitting here today and maybe you're struggling in your marriage and you and your spouse just can't seem to get on the same page. There's frustration and hurt and pain. You want change. Maybe you're struggling with your kids. They're headed down the wrong path, and no matter what you say or do, it doesn't seem to make a difference. You want change. Maybe you're stuck in patterns that are self-destructive, addiction, anger, rage, etc., and it's making life miserable for you and others. You want change. How do we change? How can our lives be transformed? Jesus tells us by building our lives on God's word. A few years back, the following poll was printed in, in uh, USA Today. First, so the people polled 42% of the adults said that Bible reading was a very important part of their lives and that they had a favorite verse or story. Of those 42%, then the poll listed the reasons they gave for reading the Bible. 81% said they read the Bible for spiritual direction or guidance. 73% said they did it to feel closer to God. 71% said it was to get guidelines and principles for life. 66% said they read it because it was interesting. 59% because it was enjoyable. And 39% said they read the Bible simply because that's what Christians are supposed to do. How do we build our lives on God's word? What are the steps toward building on the foundation of, of God's truth? Well, this morning we're going to look at, at four steps that we can take toward building on the foundation of God's Word. But before we do that, there's one, one requirement. I'm going to ask you to engage. We can't be passive and only listeners. We are to engage God's Word and not only listen, but to apply and to be hearers. We've got to engage. You know, when we lived in uh, Canada... Well, I pastored a church up there. Nancy, my wife, worked at Covenant Bible College. CBC is a, was a, a, a one-year discipleship program focused on, on discipling students right out of high school, late teens, early 20s. And um, they had three primary goals for students. They were listed on the school, se school seal. One of them was mastered by God's Word. 
You'll notice it wasn't mastering God's Word, and you think it, you would think that it might have been because they were in school, they were studying God's Word, they were learning the, the broad themes of God's Word, but it wasn't mastering God's Word, although it's important to do those things, to study, to grasp understanding. The idea is to be mastered by God's Word, to let God's Word shape your values, your priorities, your actions, your thoughts, to let it speak to you, even and especially about things in your life that are uncomfortable. Engaging God's Word, allowing God's Word to see to, to work in your life, to, to see your life change, to becoming not only hearers but doers of God's truth. So James tells us to be not only hearers but to be doers, to gladly receive God's Word, to not forget about it but to apply it in our lives. What does now Psalm 119 have to say about God's Word? So turn with me, if you could, now to Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible, 176 verses. We're not going to read the whole chapter right now. We'll pick it up at verse 97. Psalm 119:97. Oh, how I love your law. I meditated on it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate uh, on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path, so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. If we want to build our lives upon God's word, we need to engage God's word to become wise. You know, there are a lot of really smart people in our world. A lot of people have a lot of information and knowledge about a lot of different areas. But knowledge does not in and of itself make a person wise. Having information does us no good unless we know how to use it and how to act upon it and then do act upon it. The verses in Psalm 119 we just read speaks of meditating, of of God's commands ever being with him, obeying God's precepts, not departing from God's law. He knows God's law. He has understanding of God's law but it moves from knowledge to action. And he becomes wise because of that. You know, the Bible is chock full of of principles to live by, actions to take, actions to avoid, advice and guidance about many, many issues and situations. God's word can change us if we allow God to speak to us, if we allow his word to master us, if we build our lives upon him and his word. The second step that we are to take if we want to build our lives upon God's word is we are to engage God's word Uh, to become focused. Take a look at verse 105 of Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. You know, when Nancy and I were living in Chicago during graduate school, uh, one one summer somebody offered us the use of their their cabin in northern Wisconsin. Um, And the owner kept giving us disclaimers, which should have been kind of a, a clue to us. It's really more of a shack than a cabin. It's it's in the middle of nowhere. There's not much to do, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But we were poor graduate students. We'd take what we could get. And uh, so we, off we went. And we, we left after, after work. And we got there well after dark. And our friend was right. It was in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't much to look at. It was deep in the woods. And it was pitch black. And, and as things would have it, we had left in a rush and had left our flashlight. Uh, it was kind of like a spooky feeling, kind of like those, I mean, kind of like a, 
those scenes in the, in the horror movie right before somebody gets chopped up by you know, a chainsaw. And, and so I made Nancy get out of the car and go check things out. <laughs> now, I, I, left the, I left the car lights on. Uh, I ventured into the cabin. She stayed in the car with the doors locked. Now, I'd never been there before. I had no flashlight. Uh, there, were, there was only a few small windows. The curtains were pulled, so the car lights didn't do a whole lot of good. Uh, and so I stumbled around the dark for about 10 minutes looking for, for the fuse box because he said, find the fuse box, it's here, but I could not find it. I was stumbling around, knocking things over, bruising my shins, trying to find a light switch so we could get inside and get settled. All the while, Nancy's in the car planning her escape. Now, in our lives, we are constantly entering new situations, encountering new challenges that we've never been before. It's new territory to us. And maybe we don't have a lot of illumination about what to do and how to act and, and who to be in the midst of that circumstance or situation. And we need God's Word to provide a focal point, to point the way, to keep us focused on, on the right path. If we don't let God's Word light our way, we are invariably going to stumble around, knock into things or people, and get hurt or hurt somebody else. God's Word is given to us. We are to engage it because it can illuminate things for us. It can keep us on the right path if we turn its light on our lives. The third step that we can take to to build our lives on God's Word is to engage God's Word to become free. Again, Psalm 119, this time verses 44 and 45. I will always obey your law forever and ever. I will walk about in freedom for I have sought out your precepts. You know, there's a sort of a common misconception about God's Word. The misconception basically states that God's Word is a killjoy. It restricts us, limits us, constrains us. It's legalistic. Uh, it squeezes out joy. It takes away freedom. And nothing could be farther from the truth. There is tremendous freedom in knowing what God wants us to do, tremendous freedom in knowing who God wants us to be. There's, there's security, there's freedom, there's peace of mind. Jesus said this in John 8, 31 and 32. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, God's word, and the truth will set you free. When we engage God's word, applying it, obeying it, we begin to see God for who he is. We're set free of the misconceptions we have about him. When we, when we begin to see the truth uh, of, of who we are and our need for salvation, we see the truth of, of how precious and valuable we are in God's sight. And we're set free from, from, from the things that the world tells us about ourselves and our value. Where the world around us may tell us that our value is based upon our performance, God's word tells us that our value is based simply and profoundly upon the fact that we are his children created in his image. Well, the world around us may judge us by how we look. The Bible says that God looks not at the outward appearance, but at the heart. Where the world often values success over character, God's word values character and faith above all else. God's word gives us perspective, helps us be centered on what he wants, what he values, and frees us up to become the people he calls us to be. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. 
And then there's a, a connector. So that the man, the woman, the child of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The, the fourth step that we are to take if we want to build our lives upon God's word is we are to engage God's word to become equipped for life and ministry. God's word prepares us for serving him and for serving others. It gives us the tools to make a difference in life. It teaches us what to do and how to do it. It rebukes us when we get off track. It, it corrects any wrong thinking. It trains us so that we grow more like Jesus Christ. And the end result, the goal of God's word and work in our life is so that we are equipped, prepared for any work that God sends our way, to be par partners with God in his kingdom. Now, we have been talking about engaging God's word this morning, about building our life upon God's word. And I'm going to close by giving you some specific things to do, rules of engagement, if you will. First, ask God to meet you in the scripture. Ask God to meet you in the scripture. Psalm 119.18 says, Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Ask God to meet you in the word. Without God's spirit bringing the words to life, opening our spiritual eyes to see, we will not gain understanding. Simply ask God to reveal himself, to speak to you through the words that you read, and he promises that he will. Secondly, read with a humble heart. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Read God's word with a teachable, hungry heart. Don't bring your agenda to the Bible. Allow God to tell you what his agenda is. Come with a humble heart, seeking and expecting to hear from God. Next, take one thought, one short passage with you throughout the day and focus on it on a thought, a command, a warning, a promise that strikes you and, and allow God to drill it deep into your heart and mind. Where God's work is concerned, we are to read all of it and to know it, but quality is more important than quantity when you're doing your devotions. The idea is, is not to get through the Scripture. The idea is for the Scripture to get through you. And then lastly, commit it to memory. Psalm 119, 9 11 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, there is tremendous power in knowing select verses by heart. God will use those verses to encourage you and to, to strengthen you, to help you, to protect, to deliver, to convict. In short, he will use them to, to change your life. You know, it's amazing to think about that the God who created this whole world, this whole universe, gives us this love letter, this, this, this incredible book filled with promises and principles and messages for us and all that we need to know about God, about ourselves, about our world is based in God's truth. And yet it all comes down to a simple axiom. God will not force us to listen. And he will not force us to act. If we want to build our lives upon God's word, we need to build it on the right foundation. We need to be mastered by his word. We need to be mastered by his word. And we need to move from not just listening and hearing, but to doing. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you for, again, your word. And Lord, we thank you that your spirit brings your word to bear in our lives. God, we pray that you would give us, that you'd open the eyes of our hearts, that you'd open our eyes to have spiritual understanding, uh, to know where we need to change things, to know where we need to hold on to things, to know how to be the people you want us to be in any and every circumstance, to know how much you love us and value us. Father, bring your word to bear in us. Open our eyes so that we could see Jesus Christ high and lifted up. Jesus Christ, your Son. Jesus Christ, our Savior. Lord, open the Word. Help us to build our lives upon it, upon the rock. Help us to see Jesus Christ. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.